You are listening to Tales from the Trenches by Nicola Graham, a podcast focusing on all things business change related. Time to hand over to you, Nick. Hello, hello. It's Nicola here, business change consultant and and co-founder of Simplified Change. Welcome to today's podcast. This is Tales from the Trenches of Change Management and I am very keen to focus on specific areas within my my expertise that I can discuss with you using experience and using my knowledge. So I hope you find these useful. Um, please do keep, uh, keep, keep in tune for our podcasts. We try to release them as frequently as possible. And today we are going to talk about change players. Our last podcast was focusing on the change curve and fear responses and how they impact any colleague that you may be helping in transition through any kind of change. So I wanted to um, I wanted to move on from that and talk about change players and how they are also part and parcel to recognizing what stage people go through in fear and how you can recognize change players, what they are and how you can utilize different support mechanisms for those change players to help shift them into a positive area. Now, within my within my speciality, we as business change managers will always understand the terminology change players. And if I'm honest, there is technically lots of different kinds of people, different change players, and they are all focused on different ways. Now, that's a really detailed analogy of change players so at simplified change we decided that we wanted to break it down and make it really easy because we're we're all here about helping project teams transition people so we decided that we were going to work out the different change players that we would usually look for the signs in and throw them into three camps those camps or categories should be politer about it really are team positive team neutral and da 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 so original team negative that's right so these players are essentially people who respond to a change in different ways and it's your objective to recognize by their voice tones and mannerisms and the type of conversations you'll have with these people what what team they're in, but then also look at how you can support that particular team shift into a better way, into a better place, into a better team. So first of all, first and foremost, let's talk about team negative. Guess what? These are da, 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 negative people. So the kinds of the kinds of traits, change traits that these people have. Note this is traits about a change it's not about specific personality here this is about them embracing a change so you could have somebody who's a team negative in this change but actually in a different change they're a team positive so this is specific to a change that somebody is going through not the particular person so if they are a change player for your change project and they are in the team negative they tend to be observing, passive aggressive, cynical and critical and 
as the name goes, negative. They are negative about this change. So if we personalize this for a moment and let's call this team, let's talk about somebody in this team, let's say negative Rob, for example. What are we looking for in negative Rob? And, and what examples can I give you to recognize immediately that you're dealing with a change player who is one of these traits or some of these traits? So negative Rob will have a voice tone that's sunken and silent. They can be argumentative and stern and very shouty and actually quite aggressive to you if they need to be. And what's more, a negative Rob can also be very sarcastic and witty. So they tend to be, excuse the expression, that cocky one that seems to want to point out that you made a spelling mistake on your on your PowerPoint presentation that you're making to them or or mock something about it. Overall, they're very combative about the change. You mention here's some statistics. They are they are that they are combative enough to pull you up on your statistics or pull you up on your facts or pull you up on your knowledge. They tend to be very combative to you. Obviously that can be hard as a change manager because you can feel that it's quite a personal attack at sometimes. So if you are ever a negative person, you recognize these voice tones, please remember these people, we are humans still and we're only trying to help you with a change here. Um, mannerisms of a negative Rob. So they tend to lip, uh, lip bite a lot. The reason that somebody bites their lips is actually because they're trying to hold back from saying something. So if you see somebody biting their lips through any kind of uh, any kind of interaction that you have, then do do be mindful that they've just held back from saying something to you. Just a little clip from me. Hands crossed. Obviously, they are very hands. Somebody crossing their hands around the body is a very protective stance. They are protecting their emotions. Whether that's because they're worried that they're going to get too aggressive or argu argumentative or maybe they're just sulking. Lack of eye contact. People, when they struggle with dealing with their emotions because they are in a fearful place, they tend to lack eye contact because they don't want you to see behind the, the, the facade that they, they're putting up. Clenched jaws. You'll notice that people tend to clench their jaws a lot. And actually something that... Um, is, it is very common when you are dealing with a negative person, is sly smiles. They'll have this kind of, you can see that they've just thought about something quite witty or sarcastic, and they'll just give this slight sly smile in, in the mannerisms. So those are the kind of mannerisms that you'll have. What kind of conversations will you have with a negative Rob? You'll know immediately because it tends to be, I won't, I don't, I can't. So I won't have time to do this. I don't see how I should consider this to be an option. I mean, who exactly has, in this business, has considered this a useful resource of my time and pff, what's wrong with what we have at the moment? I'm sorry, but I just don't have time to meet with you. Do I look like I have the time? <laughs> and they'll cancel your meeting requests. Those are some of the conversations that you'll have, but do look out for the kind of voice, the kind of mannerisms, and the language they use, the I won'ts, the I don'ts, and very who's and how's and how dare and mannerisms. So that's negative Rob. That's the negative Rob that you'll deal with in a change, not a person. 
Let's talk about Team Neutral. Team Neutral are an interesting bunch of people um, when they're going through a change because they can easily shift. They're, they're almost on, on the edge of the blade. They shift very easily into a positive camp, but they can also shift very quickly into a negative camp. So they're actually a really, a really quite a sensitive group that you need to recognize very quickly, even though they can be hard to recognize and focus on. I've been in meetings where I haven't recognize them immediately and then it's clicked halfway through the conversation and I'm able to change my approach and and talk about different benefits to them to ensure that I'm I'm hopefully shifting them into a positive way. So team neutral, the kinds of um, responses from a team neutral change player tend to be stoic, unemotive, they're followers. So they tend to look at look at look around and wait for somebody else to do it first and they'll follow them they're indifferent they're not passionate either way about the change they're not you know shouting from the rooftop saying this is amazing and they're also not equally saying i'm never going to change um they do need some persuasion okay they are very much needing a bit of persuasion from you so let's uh, talk about Team Neutral. Let's refer to a colleague, Team Neutral Nina. What kind of voice tones can you expect from a Neutral Nina? Well, first of all, Neutral Nina will pause lots when she speaks to you because she's speaking with caution. She's very careful and very mindful with what she's saying to you. Remember, she's waiting for somebody to do it first or for you to give her evidence or him evidence of somebody who's doing it first and they will need that persuasion. So they will calculate what they say and they will analyze everything you're saying to them. They're very reserved and they um, they over, um, sorry, they're very reserved of over commitment. So they don't want to give you yes or no. So for example, I, I've had um, a client recently turn around and say, listen to everything I've got to say, listen about the change, listen to, to, to my adoption approach and then go, right, okay, yes, um, I'll think about this and you know what, I'll, um, I'll come back to you in a couple of days. There was no emotion, I couldn't tell if that person was for it or against it, just, that's fine, I'm not going to commit to anything, I'll come back to you when I'm ready. Okay, they'll also um, ask questions, by the way, they will have a lot of questions that focus on the facts, which is always a, a real telltale sign for a neutral Nina as well. Mannerisms you can expect from a neutral Nina, hands poised and still. So going along with the, 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 the term stoic, they tend to have mannerisms very stoic, very, you can't read them too well, very neutral features, soft face, so you can't see if they're smiling or, or, or they're not, and they don't tend to have much expression. Okay, the kind of conversations that you'll have from a neutral Nina is, okay, so who in the company exactly has tested this? Facts, figures. And exactly, what does your rollout plan look like? Facts, figures. I'm not understanding exactly the benefits to me. So that's not them saying, you're talking nonsense, I don't want to listen to you, or hey, this is the best thing ever. I'm saying to you, actually, I don't understand exactly the benefits to me. Have we considered how this will affect da, da 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 Okay, I'll consider it. Please send me some more information to digest and I'll get back to you. 
That is a neutral Nina. It's really hard to read the com from the conversation that you've had whether what they're feeling, whether they're for it or against it. So if you're getting those feelings from your colleagues of like, oh my goodness, I can't quite tell where I stand with you, they tend to be a team neutral. So let's talk about team positive. Yay, they're the best team, obviously, because that's where we want everyone to be. Team positive people are enthusiastic, they are supportive, they're enabling, they are orchestrating very positive people. By the way, a lot of pretty much most of your champions should be team positive. Um, from the start, you know, from somebody who's really enthusiastic about the change, you want to consider them to be a change champion at that point. So Positive Joe, what does Positive Joe look like? First of all, the voice tone speaks really quickly because they're so excited and they've got lots of energy and they tend to high pitched pitch their voices because they get so excited. The moment you start talking to them about the change that they're really enthusiastic and supportive about, they're going to talk really quickly like what I'm doing now. Obviously, I may have a high pitch, other people won't, but you just, you'll hear the excitement in their voice. Mannerisms, mannerisms, and I'm actually doing this, I'm talking to you right now, they use their arms a lot. People who are using their arms a lot are just trying to expel some of the excitement and energy that they have. They're smiling because smiling is the, 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 the most relaxed part of your face, so they smile a lot, they're generally happy, they're really positive, they're enthusiastic. They also engage you with their eyes because they've got nothing to hide. They're very open about the fact that they're enthusiastic and they're willing to look you in the eyes. And they nod. People who nod with you are mirroring what you're doing. So they're in agreement before they've even agreed. So when somebody's nodding to you, it's actually um, a sign that they are very, very into this particular change. And they tend to be cheery because obviously you're probably about to make their day and give them something they really wanted. So what kinds of type, what type of conversation, if you haven't recognized from their voice tone and mannerisms, what type of conversation will you have? This is awesome. I am super eager to have it. I mean, when is it available? And perhaps if you'd like me, if you'd like to have any testers, you know what, I would be so happy to help you. I can have it now if you'd like. And you know what, I'm more than happy to be, a ch can, can I be a champion? I would love to be a champion. That would be so awesome. This product's gonna be, I can, yeah, I can definitely see the benefits of this. And whilst I think about it, have you thought about da 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 da? And if you want, I can help you spread the word to my peers. Okay, so really, really enthusiastic. You can hear from my voice tones, hopefully, how excited and energetic I got. They will be that kind of person for you. So those are your three teams of change players, team positive, team neutral, team negative. What do we do when it comes to business change to help people shift left? Now, first and foremost, there is a bundle of resources that you should always ensure that you have available for all of your change players, whether they're positive, right through to neutral kinds. First of all, resource knowledge platforms. I always encourage a learning place. That's not necessarily, forgive me, L&D departments for saying this, it's not just about the training materials. It's a knowledge platform. It's an area where you can encourage people to go to learn more about the change, the news, the updates, the project plans, even some of the training materials. If you have to link those into an LMS, a learning management system, make sure you do that. But absolutely everything about it. FYI, one of the best things that you can put into the knowledge platforms is frequently asked questions. You will be asked so many questions through a change. Make sure you document every single one of them, pop them into the Knowledge Resource Center, and then every kind of communications that you have, link them back 
to the knowledge center where they can read their FAQs because that is going to do a lot of your job for you, but also it's going to help with the change sticking because people have the knowledge that they need at their fingertips. Training videos. Training videos are another really good resource. I will do some uh, podcasts and probably videos on training, on training videos at some point. Training videos are obviously crucial. Why? Obvious people need to have knowledge about the change. What is this change and how is it going to impact me? What I would really encourage you to do is try to think outside of the box or think a little bit more agile with the way that you create your training videos. No one here has the time or the enthusiasm to look through a four, five, six hour video training guide. If, if you can break them down into sections, please do that. A really good example for you, one of the le- lessons I've learned in my career is I used to change, I used to train my change champions, my super users, in these big, long training sessions because I had so much to tell them about this awesome product. I wanted to offload everything. And while system training is obviously very crucial, you're also dealing not necessarily with people that are, te- are technically as uh, technically minded as the system is, but also have the time. You've got to remember that people that are going through this training don't have the time. So if you can find ways to get them training videos on their mobiles or videos that they can watch in their own time and digest them slowly, please do it. And the other thing that I would really recommend, so I talk about these what's in it for me videos. They, they're like trailers. If you can create a trailer, just giving people the heads up about what's coming, it just ignites that excitement for them. It makes them think better than just communications. Put them on digital signage, put them around the office, put them into their screens, any presentations that might be coming up. Anywhere you can put the what's in it for me videos, do that. Support teams are really crucial. Support teams are vital for anything, especially as the, the, the change becomes business as usual. Support teams are here through and after the life cycle of the project. Another thing that I can recommend that you do is presentations where you can get your influencers to do them because people listen to other people, their peers and colleagues. But those presentations where you can, do try your hardest to get them recorded or record them yourself. Obviously, we're living in a very remote world these days. I've done a hell of a lot of live events and every single one of those live events, I will will, will save the recording and I will upload those into the knowledge um, platforms. And the reason for that is because people actually like to find an hour and watch a live event. It just may not be at the time for you. So those presentations can really resonate with people. But what's more with those presentations is make sure you give people Q&A time. Why? Because those questions that they ask at those presentations can feed into into your frequently asked questions. Obviously, it's a win-win. Communications, do not underestimate the power of communications, but I do encourage you to do a few things. First of all, lean on your communications teams and departments. They are influencers themselves. They are very good at spreading word if you're in their good books. If you're not, then I wouldn't suggest they make it hard, but let's put it this way. If you want the first banner, then you need to be a comms person's friend. But that is one way to communicate. There are several ways to communicate. You can communicate through line management emails. You can communicate through digital signage. You can communicate through town halls, presentations, any kind of events. You can even communicate in the canteen 
one of those wonderful things we used to go to and have our lunch. Um, but the point is, where you can think roadshow, think marketing, think I need to communicate this and communications is more than email. Email is important, but it's more than email. One-to-one um, -one training sessions. These are really, really good and vital for what I consider to be really core and influential people within the business. Um, people who have a lot of access to a lot of people tend to, you want to one-to-one -one them. And I'm not talking about champions here. I'm talking about people who, if they don't like a product, they can be a negative change player for you, but they can also draw a lot of people into that in, into that area for you. Okay, so if you think about personal assistants, for example, they, they have a very stressful job and they're very demanding job, and they have a role which also gives you the ear, it sounds very manipulative, maybe it is, but gives you the ear of the senior management teams that they're, that, that they're assisting. So if you're able to give one-to-one -one training sessions, focus on the PAs who are going to, by the way, have to help the senior management teams because they're more likely to kind of go, PA, I don't know what I'm doing, come and help me, in a panic. Um, so A, you want them to be really, really damn good on the system so that they look good but also so that they're positive about the change rather than finding it a disruption. So one-to-one -one training sessions where you can, based on your budget, are really, really good. And even if that means that, no offense, you go over to the desk yourself and you train them because you don't have the facility or budget for a trainer, do it because it's going to give you or save you a lot of headache in the long run. The other thing um, to do is around celebrating the successes, elevating people. I spoke about it before, about um, really promoting good behaviors, you know. Um, the best way you can do that is look at case studies, interviews, live events, anything that's going to enable you to talk and encourage about colleagues that have got it right. This department here are using this system. How do you feel about it, department? You know what, we find it X, Y, and Z because it's been really, really good for us. Awesome, you know what, I've looked at your system, it's brilliant, and it's brilliant because blah, 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 blah. I'm not talking about smoozing people i'm talking about being honest and valuing and appreciating that, that some people have done this and they've gone through that change but making sure that they're recognized for that change as well so let's go those are the available resources that you should be focusing your efforts throughout everyone going through the change what can we do within the different change players so that they all have additional support so team negative, for example, we spoke about negative Rob, who's going to be very stoic and aggressive to you and sarcastic and witty. What can we do? Team negative tend to be, and if you, if you refer back to the change curve, they tend to be in that stage two part of the fear curve. They are in attack mode. They are angry and they are fearful. Okay, so they are very much going to need a lot of support. It could be hard because sometimes you just want to walk away and go, you're on your own, mate. But they do need support from you and they need encouragement. The reality is behind that exterior that you're seeing is somebody that's scared. And when somebody's scared, they just need some, they need that person who's going to help encourage them, be that person for them. You know, get through the thick, tough skin, the, the, the outer shell, and get inside because it's a bunch of mush in there. And the truth is, they just want your help. Monitor them and give them lots of time to adjust. 
and lots of notice you know these people clearly don't need the pressure of you springing a change on them like now give them lots of notice so we're looking this this change is going to impact you in three months time six months time you know what I tell you what we could do in between that time is we could do x y and z we can we can listen to you why don't we have a why don't we have a regular meetup uh, and we can talk about some of the some of the changes this is going to make and ensure that you know you're, you're receiving that feedback that you need so at that point you're listening and you're providing perspective you're giving them reasons as to why maybe they want to consider the change and providing them lots of feedback if you start working with them then you'll see them soften and the moment you start seeing them soften they should shift pretty quickly into positive. I doubt they'll go in neutral, they'll go straight to positive because they just need a little bit of love. Um, negative, uh, sorry, neutral, team neutral. What do we do to help neutral people? Remember, neutral people are either way, they're on the edge, uh, the, the edge of the sword, they can fall into negative or positive very quickly. These people need monitoring, but one of the biggest things that I feel that you can do in neutral based on the fact that they are followers and they're looking for other other people to do it first, provide examples of positive colleagues. Show them, sh showcase those colleagues who have got it right and why they've got it right. The moment you start saying, this department here had that fear or this part department here have done X, Y, and Z and it's actually saved them X amount of time a day, you'll start seeing them go, oh, oh really? Well, if it worked for them, hmm, hmm, okay. Well, I'll think about it, but reality is back back, back behind their stoic emotions, there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of thought going into that, in, into, into that information that you've just given them. Involve them. The more you can get somebody who's neutral involved in the project, the more likely they are going to be falling into that positive camp because they're going to start seeing it live. They're going to start seeing the, 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 the positive sides of it, the examples. They're going to see everything, really. So where you can, try and involve them and ask them to help. Finally, regular contact, updates and statistics. So remember, neutral people tend to sit on the fence and they need some persuasion. And often they, they are a group of people that need... Uh, they need statistics, they need evidence to, to, to support your claim. So if you're going to provide them with statistics, do that and keep regular. If they ask for more help or they want more information, make sure that you give it to them when you said so because they are a meticulous group that really want that information. Okay, team positive. What do we do to team positive? Well, we're in team positive. We don't need to shift them left. However, Somebody in team positive, if they are, if they go unnoticed, can very quickly become your worst nightmare. They put a lot of energy into this. We spoke about them being enthusiastic and energetic people. They are putting their heart and soul into this. And quite frankly, if they feel like they're neglected or they're not recognized, then they will become really passive aggressive and you will shift them very quickly into team negative and probably find it very hard to ever get them back. Okay, so from a team positive group, these are your advocates. They need encouragement and praise. They need to be recognized and they need gratitude. I always, I always try to associate it to cooking a meal. Maybe once, whenever in your life you've cooked somebody a meal 
and you've put your heart and soul into making this meal, you went out, you bought all of the fresh ingredients, you cut everything yourself, you made, you know, you made the lasagna from scratch and you serve this dish up and you know, you've really put this effort in and that person doesn't even say thank you for the meal. First of all, you kick them out of your house. Uh, no, joking. Um, they don't say thank you. Do you feel encouraged or inspired to want to make another meal for them? Even if you kind of go, right, fine, they didn't say thank you, it's no problem. It sits inside you and you just can't be bothered next time to make that meal. The same thing happens to change players in Team Positive. If you don't recognise and give them that gratitude that they actually do need, even if they don't know they need it, they do need it, then they tend to not want to bother and they tend to lose focus. So lots of encouragement, lots of praise for those. And you use them to help with your neutrals. It's simple, you know, everyone works together. So those are change players. Good luck, good luck. I hope that you can now recognize at least some of their traits. Like I said, we tried to cluster them to make it a lot more simple for you to understand exactly what kind of support that they need. If you need, if you have a, a really big change going on in your organization, then you probably need to focus a little bit more detailed into what kind of change player they are and get a lot more granular with the support. But for now, just try and recognize those three areas. And if you would like more information, do look at our website, simplifychange.co.uk. And if you need any more help, then we would be more than happy to help you. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. And I look forward to talking to you again. This is Nicola. Bye.